Good morning. How are we doing? Good? I'm afraid I have to confess something to you this morning. This sermon experience is actually for those of you who aren't doing so good, right? And so for those of you who are good, um, you have a lot of people in your life who aren't doing so good. And so what we're going to learn is how do we learn to meet people who aren't in a good place? You know how awkward it is so much of the time, right, to to meet people who are hurting, suffering. We're going to learn a little bit more of that, a little bit more about that. But first, I have a question. This is an opinion question, so you can't really be wrong, I don't think. Who do you think are the three most popular celebrities of the past hundred years? It could be anything: pop culture, sports, authors, music. Three most influential. You don't have to say it out loud. I wouldn't recommend saying it out loud. But just think about it for a minute. Who are the three most influential celebrities of the past hundred years? Try to get outside of the current box. Okay, I'm going to give you mine as you're thinking about that. I put down Michael Jackson, Elvis Presley, right, and Marilyn Monroe. And the reason I picked them, it's not just because they inspired, you know, hundreds of millions of people or, you know, were kind of the best in their genre or anything like that. I picked them because they actually created new types of art that really had never existed before. Obviously, we think Elvis with rock and roll and Michael Jackson with kind of, you know, pop, rock, soul, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, but they, they, they brought new forms to it. Um, so I kind of want to, before we get real deep into it today, I kind of want to prepare us a little bit. Um, it's it's going to be really kind of real, raw, and transparent today. Um, and when that happens, God usually starts to kind of move and shape and confront and, you know, do some things in our hearts. I kind of want to prepare us for that. It, it happened to me when I was preparing this week. So I'm going to name some more celebrities. Is that cool? Is it cool that I haven't mentioned the Bible yet? Is that okay? Okay, we'll get into it. Some more celebrities. Jim Belushi, Marilyn Monroe, Tony Scott. Who's that? Who's Tony Scott? Director of Top Gun, right? Kurt Cobain. So all these people I've mentioned, crazy influential people, right? Um, Every single one of them died, either through killing themselves or slowly but surely um, through really bad drug addictions. And we're talking about some of the people who inspired us the most. We're not talking about like, you know, little. we're talking about big-time celebrities. So the thing I was thinking about was, if those people who inspired so many to be happy, if they ended up being the saddest of all. Aren't we like two steps away from being them? If they seem to be the most happy people of all, how are we, like how, how can we be sure we're going to avoid that, right? We're about to get into this specific emotion of sadness, and hopefully it's going to give us insight into who God is, who we are, and how do we approach life where there's so many broken, hurting people. Do y'all want that? Do y'all want to learn how to do that? I do. I feel like, I don't even feel like I'm very good at it. So here's the text. Those of you who have a Bible, you don't have to have a Bible. On the screen, we're going to go to Psalms 88. I'm going to read it here real quick. And this is going to drive everything we do today, by the way, this one text. I'm not going to be hopping back and forth too much. Here we go. I'm going to read it in the old school language here. But unto thee have I cried, O Lord... And in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Lord, why castest thou off my soul? Why hidest thou thy face from me? 
I am afflicted and ready to die from my youth up. While I suffer thy tears, I am distracted. Thy fierce wrath goeth over me. Thy, tire, thy, t- <clears throat> thy tears have cut me off. They come round about me daily like water. They compassed about me together. Lover and friend hast thou put far from me, and mine acquaintance into darkness. All right. That's the text today. How many of you caught just the emotional anguish of this guy? He was a dude. He was in a band. He liked music. This guy was real. And he's going through some tough times. We see something amazing right off the bat, friends. God not only meets you in your sadness, but he empowers your sadness. Sadness is a dignified emotion in the Christian life. Aren't you all glad we don't worship this God who's just like, whoops, I, man, I don't know why I created your body and your feelings and your emotions. That was just kind of a big mistake. I'm sorry I did that. Just learn some more Bible, do some more praise songs, put a nice smile on for your church friends, and then everything will be fine the rest of your life. That's not the one true God of the Bible. Your God, your one true God, our one true God, what he says is, I know you, all of you, And I love you, every last bit of you. Your emotions, your logic, your reason, even your bad emotions like sadness. He knows all of you, and he gives dignity to all of it. He even empowers it. But there's something about this song, if you can put it back up here, I want you all to notice this. This kind of threw me off. You know how in, um, in the Bible, when there is, you know, really negative times, in the, for, in the Psalms, for example, there's 150 Psalms, and over half of those are sad. Sad songs with sad people who are going through really tough times. Over half of them are. But the way it usually works is, you know, it'll start out all negative, right? But then at the very end, right at the end, you know, it'll be like, but the Lord will, you know, cast me through the temptations and we'll walk together forever on a nice shiny beach and everything will be fine, right? And it sounds like it, 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 it always ends positively, right? At the end of every song, right? But what's interesting about this one is it ends very negatively, very sadly. And at first you're like, you're kind of taken aback. You're like, okay, like, how, what, <laughs> what do I do with this, Right? Is that there's supposed to be a happy ending. But you know what I thought? Maybe you'll think this too. Isn't that how our life is so much of the time? How often at the end of the day are we still sad? We're still stressed. We're still down. Things aren't right at the end of the day. It's kind of like that with this psalm. The day doesn't end well. And it seems like that so often in your life. It's how it is in my life at least. And in verse 18 here, we see our friend being so transparent. <laughs> you, see, you see what he's saying? Basically, he's saying, hey, God, you've taken away all my friends. You've taken away all my family, God. You've, you've taken them. So darkness is my best friend now. Depression is my best friend now. That's my best friend. Darkness and depression. Where's the God of happy endings? Where is he? You might remember, do you all remember Jeff Buckley, former rock and roller? Right? Oh, yeah, you do. He, uh, he was kind of a heavy metal guy. And uh, he, went under, he went under this dramatic life experience, and he became a Christian. Uh, but he kept his rocker roots, thank goodness, right? And 
Um, he sang that song. You might have heard it on Shrek. It was called uh, Hallelujah. You don't remember that? Um, but the song was sad. You know, usually we think, Hallelujah, that's a praise term. That's incompatible with sadness. But if you remember the song, isn't it pretty real and raw? We see right away that in the Christian life, you don't have to pick between sadness and praising God. In fact, if you're a Christian, there's going to be a lot of times when we're sad and we still get to be praising God. But how do we do that? But some of you are like, oh gosh, this is about to fall off. But some of you are like, say, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm happy. I'm happy. Why, why on earth would you be talking about sadness? I'm smiley. People say I'm bubbly, right? <laughs> Why would you possibly be talking about sadness? <clears throat> I hear you. I think you're onto something, actually. But right now, think big picture sadness. Don't think like me, woe is me, I'm sad. Think big picture. Like, did y'all know reality is sad? Our world that we live in, it's supposed to be perfect. Everything's supposed to work. Every relationship is supposed to be the way we dream it to be. That's how things are supposed to be. They're supposed to be perfect, but it's not, friends, right? We know this. It's sad. It's depressed. It's lower. It's not the way it's supposed to be. So in that sense, we are sad. Surely we're not the very suburbanites who are addicted to comfort. Just want God to give them a nice, easy, comfortable life, right? I'm in the suburbs. Everything's going to be fine. Give me my wife, my kids, my family. You owe me, my God, my cosmic butler up there. Your job's to serve me, right? Surely we're not those people. Surely we're real people in a real world who are empowered by a real God to meet people in really hard places. Don't get me wrong. Some of us, we really are depressed, like individually. We're like clinically depressed, right? We're sad. We're anxious. We're paralyzed. Getting up in the morning is like the hardest thing in the world. Some of us are like that. And those of you who are like, I'm not, there's, you have friends here who, who are. We're like that. One of the things I want us to hit, man, one of the things, bro, that if it's gonna, if we're gonna be a light to this beautiful city, we gotta learn that sadness is a community project. We're in this together. You can relate with this dude in the psalm, can't you? Come on, let's be real. Maybe not to the same degree, maybe you're not going through everything he's going through, but you have situations in your life that are very hard. That, you're, that you're, you don't know what to do. I'm like that. How many of you are sad at the end of the day just because you're lonely? You're lonely. I'm not just talking to the singles out there. How many of you, no matter how many friends you have, no matter how long you've been with your spouse, you feel lonely. Lonely. It's one of the most common forms of sadness. I get like that. How many of you are, how many of you are sad because you're not getting your American dream that you deserve. I feel like I fall for that one too, right? I want to share with you this quote. He's a Russian theologian. His name's Alexander Shmiman. Yes, Shmiman. He was an immigrant 
to the U.S. I want to read you this quote. For years, people rushed to America for an easier life, not realizing that deep down, life is much more difficult there. First of all, America is a country of great loneliness. You see, each one of them is alone with his own fate. Each one's in control of their own destiny. Each one's obligated to figure out a way to make a comfortable life for themselves. They're obligated to create their identity. So much pressure on the individual. So much anxiety. Hence, so many personal crashes. You're not able to create the life for yourself that you wanted. In Europe, anyone who falls, they fall on some ground. In America, they fly into an abyss, and they might never come back. I was like, wow. How easy it is, is it to, to think that we really are the ones in control? But before I go on, can I get, I was debating whether or not I wanted to do this. Can I get real with you guys for a few minutes? I'm talking like really real. Like church leaders aren't supposed to get this real. That's like breaking all the rules. Um, I'm sad. Individually. Personally, I'm sad. The, uh, the last 12 months of my life have been the saddest I've ever experienced. And don't get a holy on me. I know some of you are there. You're young. You haven't been through it yet, boy. <laughs> Listen, I've been through what I've been through. And I'm not doing this to draw attention to myself. I'm doing this so that we can all learn to figure out where we're sad. So I'm going to do this, and then I'll, you'll see what I'm doing. I'm going to name some things that have happened to me over the last year. So I've had family members die. I've had close friends die. Um, I've had close relationships end that I didn't want to end. Um, Some of my deepest ambitions in life in terms of the projects that I work on, they're not working out the way I'd like them to work out, right? You know how it works. We put our heart and our soul into our work, don't we? And we don't like it when it's not working out the way we want. When you're giving your all to something and you're not getting a return, don't you feel kind of rejected? Don't you almost feel naked? I've given myself over to this and I'm not getting what I want. It's made me sad because I'm used to thing, I'm used to everything I'm doing turning to gold, you know? Like, <laughs> I'm doing this, it works out. I do that, it works out. Basically my whole life, that's the way it worked. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, whoops. It's not the way it's working. I've been in more relational conflict over the last year than my, probably my previous 25 combined. I'm seeing my once athletic body slowly but surely fall apart. I can still beat most of you in a race, though. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I've, uh, I've done things that have hurt people. I'm not talking about, like, if you look at it this way, it hurt people. No, like, really, I've done things to hurt people. And I've had to repent many times. It wasn't just once or twice. <laughs> I've had a spike in the amount of people who've sinned against me in a variety of ways. That's part of the deal when you're a minister or when you're a Christian in general. Usually having to do with slander and bitterness and gossip. Normal stuff, but it's sad when you're experiencing it, right? Moreover, how many of you are here? There have been days when I felt like I couldn't get out of bed. Uh Uh-oh. 
What if there was a day when I couldn't get out of bed? Because I'm so sad. I literally feel like I can't function. And then you figure out who your true friends are, don't you? When you're down. Figure out the ones who are going to meet you where you're at and help you, and the ones who are pretty much just going to say, have more faith. You sinner. Friends getting divorced. Friends on drugs. Friends who are just blind. How they are a destructive force to every single person in their life. They are ruining every relationship in their life and they're blind to it. It's sad. Friends who are suicidal. Dear friends. Heck, I had a friend who committed murder. So what I'm doing is I'm taking you through the last year of my life not to draw attention to me, but maybe as a community application. Those of you who are writer downers, maybe this week, maybe take 5, 10, 15 minutes and just sit back, turn the TV off for half a second. I know March Madness is cool, but turn it off and just reflect. You'd be surprised how useful it is. And write down all the things that have happened to you over the last year. You are not a religious goody-goody person if you pretend sadness isn't there. That's a lie. You admit where it is in your life and you see it. And then God comes in like a mighty rushing wind with his people. Maybe do that. I encourage you. Listen, I know some of you are like, look, son, you're, uh, we're logical beings. We're rational beings. Yes, we are. And I agree with you. We absolutely are. And I actually think Christians tend to neglect logic and reason. But we're also emotional. It's not an either or, is it? Aren't we emotional beings? It's a part of who we are. Look here. You're dehumanizing yourself if you don't learn how to process your emotions. But don't worry. We can't do it on our own. And I got to, I'm sorry, I got I to gotta press it for one more second. Bear with me. Some of you, you're, you're kind of like this, this dead religious person. You're still like, come on, come on, come on. Well, I'm strong. I'm, I'm, I love God. I'm passionate for the Lord. I have a lot of Bible knowledge. Okay, that's, that's great. But your broad religious statements, they're not showing you who you really are when times are tough. Your God who loves you so incredibly much. I think this is what he's saying to you right now through the Psalms. He's saying this to me. I think God is saying, son, daughter, you saying that you're not emotional, that'd be like an apple saying I'm not a fruit. <laughs> you know, it's like... It's like, uh, well, you, you are a fruit. We are emotional beings. That, that's, that's what it is. That's, a, that's what it is. I know, well, it'll just get better. I just need to, you know, let time. You know the Leanna Lewis song? It'll all get better with time, right? All, that was a good song. Where is she now? <laughs> I want to share something with you. I'll give it to you. Maybe some of you, you really aren't sad, okay? You're not sad. You're in a good place by God's grace. 
you're in a good place. Here is the biggest challenge. Even if you're okay, this is a community project. There are people around you who aren't okay. It's one of the biggest lies in the American church. God's job is to make me happy. So obviously, I don't have to serve those in my spiritual family who are sad. Friends, those of you who are Christians, I want to encourage you for a minute. You're a beautiful, chosen, dearly loved son or daughter of your God. That's who you are. He loves you. God does. But some of you, you're deceived, friends. And I, trust me, I've been here so many times. You're so focused. Listen to me. You're so focused on your individual spiritual high that you're neglecting your brothers and sisters. Don't condemn me. Some of you are saying, don't condemn me. No one's condemning. Legacy, let's cheer up. Jesus came down to be with us. With you. With us together as a family. He didn't come just to point us in the right direction, right? There's heaven. Good luck. You know, like... He came to be with us. He's here. Right now. Okay, quick side note. I debated whether or not I wanted to mention this, but you know what just makes me, oh my gosh, it just frustrates me so much. You know what makes me sad? It really does make me sad. How people of other religions, even corporate companies and philanthropy organizations, good organizations, it frustrates me how they tend to take care of their people better than Christians do. It frustrates me. Does it frustrate you? We're actually united to God. We are one with God, the infinite being. He has united us to himself and with one another. We're already there. (laughs) But we're not serving each other. Some of us are. I'm not saying none of us are. But (laughs) make no mistake, some of you aren't. What do we do? What do we do? <clears throat> what I think is the most remarkable, that's not it, the most remarkable feature about this psalm, if you want to put it up there. I want us to see this, man. This shows what you really think about God. It challenged me so much. In every part of this psalm, it points exclusively to God as the doer, as the troubler of his soul. God's the one doing it. Do we see this? He's, God's not just allowing it to happen and he's just sitting up there like, oh my gosh, I, hope he's, <laughs> I really hope he makes it. God's doing this to him. God's taking away his friends. God's taking away his family. God is inflicting physical pain on him. Now, I know some of you are like, you just can't, you can't take that, but at the end of the day, how good is it to know that my Father God is doing this to me and that he's not detached from this? Is that not the sweetest pillow, as Spurgeon would say, that God's the one doing it? 
to his children that he loves? I'm, I'm serious. I'm not even kidding. I'm, I'm just getting out of this really kind of dark season personally. And uh, one day I was just sitting there. I have no idea what I was doing. And, um, and I, I just didn't realize what was going on. I was so down. I never had energy. I was depressed. Nothing was working. And um, I just got this image in my mind. And uh, you know when you go to restaurants? You know when you're in public, right? Maybe you're at a restaurant or something, Calhoun's, I don't know. And you know how there's always like that three or four-year-old kid who's going nuts, like publicly. He's going nuts. And you're just sitting there like, where is that person's parent? You know what I mean? And you know how the good parent, some of you are going to argue this, but you know how the good parent, you know what they do to the kid who's just going bonkers? You know what they do? The dad usually, or the mom, they get the kid and tenderly but firmly, what do they do? <laughs> they grab a hold of him and they're like, son, stop. Stop. And I feel like, I'm not even kidding, I feel like that's what God's been doing with me. I literally feel like I was just trying to do this whole thing on my own. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes. And I literally feel like the one true God of everything that was or is and will be and beyond, I literally feel like, as a good father, he was putting me like this, take, stripping away everything, in my experience, and saying, son, just stop. Stop. <laughs> stop. I love you so much. Why, why are you making everything but me? The driving force in your life. Son, son, you will learn to love me. You belong to me. You will learn to obey me. You belong to me. We're united. I feel like that's what God was doing with me. Do any of y'all connect with that? Do you ever feel like God's stripping everything away? Now I know I'm young, I'm inexperienced, it's going to get worse, that sort of thing, but that's the experience. The individual experience, that's what it feels like. I got one last, uh, I got one last word before we kind of wrap this up. Um, I don't know how to say it really, but it's to my brothers, it's to the, it's to the men here. It's to my fellow men, those of you who are struggling like me in the faith. It's to the men. I got something I want to share with you. Gentlemen, let's, I'm, beg, I'm not going to lie. I'm begging you. I'm begging you right now. That's what I'm doing, men. That's what I'm doing. Let us see our suffering king on the cross. Let us see him. And let us be transformed on the spot. See how your sad, suffering king, Jesus, came so he could be with you. So you can learn to love and obey him forever. And now. See how life is at stake, men, please. I need to learn this too. I'm in it. See how the women and children around you, their lives are at stake. 
the young believers here who are focused on your every move, their life is at stake. Fellas, can you acknowledge with me? If we're not careful, we are that cold. We're cold. We think logic and reason trumps emotion and feelings. It's a both and. I want to show you a few reflections. This psalm, hopefully this gets you excited. This gets me really excited. I, want you to, I just want to show you how this psalm is all about Jesus. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to, I'm going to read this. <laughs> psalm 88, 13 through 18. Those of you who have your Bibles. This is proof. This is in the moment proof that the whole Bible is all about Jesus, including this very sad song. Verse 13. Jesus cried to his father, but was rejected. O oh Lord, I cry to you in the morning. Nothing comes. Jesus is the ultimate example of that. He cried to his father. No one came. Verse 14. O oh Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? Jesus, is, <laughs> Jesus had his father hide his face from him so that he would never hide his face from me and you. Your God has revealed himself to you if you're a Christian, friends. Verse 15. Afflicted and close to death from my youth up, I suffer your terrors. I am helpless. It's obvious, but Jesus was helpless. He's sitting up there for us in our place. Doing everything necessary to clear the way so that we can know God. He was helpless. So that forever we would know God through and through. Verse 15. Sorry, verse 16. Your wrath has swept over me. Your dreadful assaults destroy me. Friends, I want you to know this. Jesus suffered the wrath. There's not wrath directed at you anymore. Pure, unadulterated love. Not just like, I love dogs kind of love, or I love the balls kind of love. Like, love. That's not just out there, but it's an emotional, deep, directed at you, love. Directed at me. Verse 18, Jesus lost all his friends. Jesus lost all his friends. Friends, we're going to lose friends. (laughs) We're going to lose friends. But Jesus lost his father so that we could know our Father God forever. This psalm is all about Jesus. How cool is that? It's all about Jesus. I just want to encourage you for a minute. If you are a Christian, God loves you. He doesn't just legally accept you, though he does. He doesn't just love you in the general sense that we throw it out all the time. He is deeply emotionally united to you right now in such a way that you just can't help but praise him. Because he's alive in you and with you. And you are alive in him. That's kind of crazy to think about. Jesus is glorious. So we never have to look anywhere else but him.
I got to do this real quick. I'm going to wrap it up here, but um, <clears throat> there's more than one kind of personal sadness. I get it. Some of you are sad. Let's get real. Some of you right here, right now, you're sad still. And God, God wants you to cast your sadness and your doubts on him. Don't make the mistake I always make, <laughs> which is forget about it. I'm asking you, give up, surrender. He is God. We are not. I got to go bang, bang, bang real quick. Some of you men who are workaholics, you're sad. You're so sad that you have to clear God and your family out of reality and put everything into your work. Work is a great thing, but it's not God. Ladies, sweet ladies and men, happy-go-lucky girl, happy-go-lucky guy, please, I'm begging you, deep down, you don't have to pretend you're happy all the time. You don't have to pretend you're happy all the time. You're not. Our God meets us in our sadness and propels us from there. Netflix watching dude. Hey, Netflix watching dude. You are so sad. I'm with you. That you literally, you cannot deal with day-to-day life, so you have to go into your own world for hours. <laughs> That's sad. That is sad. <laughs> I, I do it too. I'm not saying, listen, I know some of you are all, you're like all mad at me. I'm, I'm not saying Netflix is bad. <laughs> I'm saying God is a better God than Netflix. That's what I'm saying. Is he? Is God a better God than Netflix? Can I hear anything? Okay. I struggle with that one, big time. Last one, all right, rapid fire, last one. Partying girl, partying girls here, partying guys here. Listen, how is this guy? You don't look, you look happy, right, because you're having fun all the time, right? You're partying, that's the whole point, right? I want to be happy. But listen, when you have to party to be happy, you are literally saying to the world, I am sad. I am so sad. I'm so sad that I have to party to be happy. And it's only for a couple hours. God, <laughs> this doesn't even make sense, but God is more fun than that. God, God is better than that. I just want to encourage all y'all. You belong to God no matter the circumstance. Is the worship, is the worship team coming up or are we doing something after? Okay. We got a little performance to you. We got a little performance for you here. I just want to encourage you guys. Christianity is based off God coming down. Do y'all remember in uh, Do y'all remember in Lord of the Rings? Do you remember when Sam asked Gandalf? This is at the very end. Do you remember when he asked Gandalf? Gandalf, is everything sad going to become untrue? He asked Gandalf that, and that's true for us, for us Christians. Everything sad will become untrue. God will come back and he will establish happiness on earth forever and ever and ever. Happy God, happy people, happy world. It's coming soon, friends. It's coming so soon. Our God is a crucified God. Our God is a sad God. Last thing. It's the last thing I'm going to say. Guys, for all eternity, when we're with our God, forever and ever and ever, for all eternity, we'll look at him and we'll actually see on Jesus, his crucified scars. So that forever, we will remember that, <laughs> that Jesus became sad for us. 
that we could be happy with him forever. Jesus became sad for us that we could be happy forever. All right, that's all I got. I love you guys.